This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're going to be talking about women in executive leadership, and the month of March is actually dedicated to women in leadership. And in fact, the 8th of March is International Women's Leadership Day. So what I want to do today is just cover some statistics and some information about where women are in executive leadership today. So this information comes from the Catalyst Organization, which collects a lot of research on women in leadership and also from the Mercer Organization. So first of all, if we are looking at women CEOs in US-based Fortune 500 companies, there are 30 positions that have women CEOs and that represents 6%. I'll name just a few of the companies that have women CEO leaders. That's General Motors, Best Buy, the Hershey Company, Oracle, NASDAQ, the CVS Health Group, Gap Incorporated, UPS, Northrop Grumman, and the Clorox Company. Now, even though that's the case, that's still only 6% that are in that chief executive role. Generally speaking, when an organization is promoting women into these higher level roles, 24% of those promotions occur from external candidates, while 75.9% are coming from internal candidates. So we can see that a lot of companies prefer to use the talent that they have been growing and grooming for a period of time when they're looking at women taking on the higher executive roles. There have only been about three occasions in the Fortune 500 where one woman succeeded another woman as the CEO. And those companies would be Xerox, Avon, and Reynolds America. Now, what's really fascinating is that during the pandemic and the COVID-19 scenario that we've been going through over the last year, women were actually 24% more likely to permanently lose their jobs than were men. That's over this virus period of time. And we also note that wage losses disproportionately affect women also during the pandemic. If we take kind of a global lens and take a look at what's going on in the global workplace, we find that there are about 46% of women that participate in the workforce, and that's down from 1990 when 51% of women were participating in the workforce. Men today are representing 74% of men are participating, whereas in 1990, they were also up at 80%. So in 1990, they were at 80%, the men. So we find that in terms of both genders, less of the genders are participating in the workforce in comparison to 1990. Also, totally, if you consider the labor force, it's about 38.8% of women that are represented in the labor force. So again, it's not a 50-50 situation in terms of males and females in the workforce. 
And what we notice is that a lot of times women are out of the mix because of their unpaid caregiving responsibilities, childcare, housework, and they're spending as much as 15 hours or more in this unpaid labor or responsibilities in the home in comparison to men. Also, if we look at women in executive leadership, and we're looking now across the globe at CEOs of Fortune Global 500 companies, we find that the percentages there for women in that chief executive role is only 2.6%. That means 13 women, and all of those women are white women. We also find in general that at the executive levels, there are about 23% women, senior managers, 29%, managers, 37%, and just at professional levels, 42%, support staff, 47%. There are some countries that are very concerned about women in leadership and particularly in the executive roles, and therefore they have set some quotas to get women on boards, particularly of public companies. Some of the countries that have these quotas for women getting on executive boards include France, Germany, India, Italy, the Netherlands, Norway, and South Korea. In addition to the virus and the pandemic, there are some other vulnerabilities that women are facing in the workplace. For one thing, women are overrepresented in fields that in the future are going to be taken over by automation. So it's going to be very important for women to reskill, upskill, and choose some other career fields. Women are also more often in what's called the informal economy, which includes domestic workers and street vendors. And in those roles, they have an increased vulnerability than do men so far as the jobs. For one thing, even the wage earnings are a little bit different in the informal economy. Women are only earning about 47% of what men earn who are working in the formal economy. Women are also overrepresented in what we'll call the frontline and essential workers in industries that have been going down, industries like hospitality and also like retail. So by 2030, it's anticipated that about 40 to 160 million women are going to need to transition to higher skilled roles where maybe more education more skill is required. So again, the whole push for retooling to be ready for the new economy that's coming. Another observation and statistic to keep in mind is this, is that since about February of 2020, about 5 million jobs were lost by women. And that represents about 55% of losses. And that in December, 2020, there were about 140,000 jobs lost, and those jobs were lost to women. So we can see that when there is a crisis, women are disproportionately affected in the negative by that crisis, the pandemic being a crisis that we're currently still going through. Now, on the upside, I would say that we can make a case for why it's important to do a reset in our economy and in the representation of women in senior roles. 
we find that there were women who were leading exceptionally well as heads of state and particularly during the pandemic. And so a few of those would be women such as Jacinda Ardern of New Zealand, who's the prime minister there, Tsai Ing-wen, who was the president of Taiwan, Meta Friedrichsen, the prime minister of Denmark, and Angela Merkel, the German chancellor. So if we look at these women, we see that these heads of state have made some decisions that have been helpful to their countries and to their economies going forward. And what we find that women often do is they lead purposefully and they balance empathy with also paying attention to economics in the bottom line. In other words, they're paying attention to the needs of people as well as to the pursuit of profit. And it's important that we have that perspective when we're going into the world today and we're thinking about the modern workplace. So we want to think about the fact that you want an environment, you want a culture, you want a society where both men and women are able to participate. And if you go back to the Garden of Eden and you see when man was created, it was said that it wasn't good for the man to be alone. And so God created woman from the side of the man, from the rib of the man, so they can work side by side. And when the man is working side by side with the woman, you have a more complete sort of environment. They're both bringing their perspective and there's a balance. So it's the wise man who really wants to benefit from the whole self, if you will, the whole of man collectively is man and woman. So when women are excluded, we're actually missing a very important perspective and an important dimension and an important dynamic. As we think about women in leadership, yes, there are gains that have taken place. Women are in some positions of executive leadership. However, there's a lot of room for growth, a lot of room for improvement. And we also see that women are being disproportionately affected by the hardship of the pandemic, both because of the types of jobs that they have and being in industries that are going out, not necessarily being sustainable and in industries that may be taken over by automation. Those are some things to keep in mind. Many organizations today, and I'm thinking now of professional organizations, are rising up and developing with the intention of ensuring that women are successful in executive roles going forward, and particularly in subjects like the STEM subjects, the science, the technology, the engineering, and the mathematics. So even as a man, you can participate in some of those organizations that are for both men and women if you are committed to advancing the cause of women. So those are opportunities to look for. And as we're closing today, I want to share a biblical word of wisdom, and it talks about the fact that there is equality between the genders, and this is in Galatians, the third chapter, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And let me say a word about that. It doesn't mean that there are no differences in, ter- in gender, no differences 
and these other dimensions that we're talking about is simply saying that we're still all equal, we're still all important, and we're still all needed. And there's a job for each of us to do. And this verse was talking about the church. And I'm saying that the principle even applies beyond the church. So go out, find those other halves that are missing from the workplace, and we'll all be better off for it. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says, contact us. That's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.